Yeah, I know what the internet is. We're using it right now, kiddo. And welcome back to Big Boss Battles, Big Boss Babble. This is episode 19. And here with me, as always, is Dan. Hello. And Toby. Hello. And uh, first, we're going to start off this week because Dan is apparently completely unaware of the whole net neutrality situation that's been going on. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. I know, I know what it's about. And I know that it's weird because the situation is actually named after the thing that people want to retain as opposed to what they want to lose, and I understand what it is and where it came in and, and the stupid arguments against it and all of that, but you were talking about some, some part of it that I don't I don't know about. A jit pie. Go on, Toby. Go on. A jit pie is the head of the FTC and the person who was pushing to uh, for net neutrality. Wait, now you've confused me, Dan. Wait, what? To, no, they okay, weren't to pushing for it. They were pushing against it. Or they were okay, pushing to, to have it, it Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And he's a bit of a... Jolly good fellow. A nasty guy, yes. speak. And... There was, at one point, he was planning to go to the CES, which has happened like two days. Okay, yeah, it is, yeah. Well, I think it's already happening by the time this has gone out, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, ooh, hello from CES. Yes, he was going to go to CES to do things, and he hasn't because of death threats. Oh, blimey. Well, I suppose that's a good... Well, I... No, well, it's a bad thing, <laughs> but... <sighs> blimey. Wh- whatever. <laughs> a bad person not going to a thing is, is good, but a bad person not going to a thing because of bad things is... is bad yeah. or something. Two wrongs don't make a right or whatever that thing is. Yeah. In context. Yes. Mumble, mumble. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh well, he, 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 will not, he will not be missed. No, so no it's one, a bad no, person who no, didn't go to a thing because of things. Yeah. Yes. No one's going to care that he's not there. <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure tomato sales did go up <laughs> after it was announced he was coming. Yeah, to be honest, if he goes anywhere where anyone even slightly technical is, his life is in danger because he's just <laughs> no, he's just an absolute dick, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Considering yes. he 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 lied and paid people off to get the thing taken and away. Of course, there's still the thing that is what several million comments from dead people. Yep, that's what I mean. Calling. It's, it, oh. Let's not get into the final legalities, but bad stuff has happened. I didn't realise this was to do with that. I saw about that, where people who, because there were like uh, game developers who were coming out and saying like, I've been registered here as making this comment saying I'm against yeah. it, and obviously I'm not, and blah blah blah, and appealing to try and get this stuff removed. Yeah, and there's like so many dead people and like people from other countries and all those things and. It's... Gotcha, and this all traces back to this person. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Well, as the head... Well, some of it. It's all very obviously in his favour. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. There's there's lots of shady things going on, and they've been ignoring it and 
pushing it through. Yeah, it's just America. Yeah, it's just, America's just going, something's happened. Yeah, America's going further down the toilet every day. To be honest, uh, they're stuck in the U bend. They are. So with first off Trump and now net neutrality. Obviously, the net neutrality thing's not going to affect us, but it's still bad on the on the whole for people out there. I mean, we we are. If a something bit... can't launch in America, it's not going to do very well worldwide. So yeah, put simply. It's going to affect us by proxy. Yeah. But the thing is, is that what I don't get is that everyone's going on about, oh, net neutrality is going to kill it. Net neutrality only actually came in in 2015. The, the, and none, the of, is, and none but, of this horrible stuff that's going to go happen didn't happen before. Well, but, it was starting to happen and we're like, this is going to happen, we should probably defend against it. Yeah, it was a it was a preventative measure. It was to stop people from charging for certain elements. It was to make any single page on the internet the same value and regarded in the same way as any other, which is a yeah. good thing because corporations etc could turn around and say, "Right, okay, so all of these social channels are going to use more internet or gamers are going to use more download stuff." And so we should charge people who go on Steam, for instance, a little bit more because of this, that, and this. But net neutrality prevented that. It made each each site of of the same value. It made it so that people couldn't be charged more based on what they did with the internet outside of the uh, quantity of download that they used. Yes. Well, yeah. See, I, so it was a, I did my research. It was a thing to stop bad things, and now I've gotten rid of the thing which stops the bad things so now the bad things are going to happen yeah I mean, well, getting rid of it has or, or sorry it's one of those things where by bringing it in you've kind of drawn attention to it and now unfortunately yeah. there's a great big underliner under it as it's being as yeah. the process of removing it is, but, is going into but it hasn't actually gone fully through yet has it it's still a possibility no. that it'll get thrown out in the was it house it, of representatives get, or whatever it is yeah which is pretty much demo, uh, it happened because we're threatening to do bad things. Yeah. So I'm like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Now we're getting rid of it, and now the bad people are saying, hey, we're going to be doing this again. But it's drawn some awareness to it as well, which is yes. good, because that helps people... Uh, that yeah, it was kind of... Yeah. Helps people uh, not pick a side, really, but be aware of what's going on. Which, yes. Yeah. yeah, which will help when it comes to that. Yeah. Hmm. It's not going to be long before the rest of the... Not not just North Korea starts turning its hand against America. They're digging, well, their, they're digging their own hole. But this isn't a political issue, podcast, so we're going to move on. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the issue, isn't it, really? Because it's politics. Sorry, the Gorilla Channel. It's, it's politics. It's not, the, it's, not the, it's not the individuals that reside there. You know, it's, oh. it's that whole tarring with one brush. But unfortunately, that does happen on a... On a national and a, on a worldwide scale, it's impossible to see the individuals because all you can see is the nation and the idiot that represents them in many cases. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that think that everybody in Britain is an idiot because of Theresa May. We've all got big bad teeth. We've all got big bad teeth. Yeah. That is true, though. So, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And they're for eating people. So anyway, let's let's move on from that because that's a, a a topic that will just depress depress us further as we go <laughs> as we go on. 
We always, we always have to talk about at least one depressing topic on this podcast. I'll tell you, That's because the world is depressing. Next week, we're going to have a, a happy happy podcast. I'll give you that promise now. You know there's going to be a, there's going to be ten school shootings between this and that. Nothing to do with gaming, so we'll ignore them. Uh, uh, no, don't no, you even no. dare. Don't Toby, do no. <laughs> no, bad Toby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. game stopping. They, they tried it a few years ago. They tried it a good few years ago. It's you know, like, they did. Not, yeah, pinning pinning them on it. Yeah, yeah. Every everything that was wrong was because of. No, that, no. Yeah. I'm talking. No, about he's talking the, the game. The, game, the US is making. The, the, oh, right, yeah. the survivor yeah. school the, shooting simulator or the whatever. Tactical thing. Yes. It's meant to be used for school. It was schools. a segue. <laughs> oh, what them stupid motorized things. Oh, things. Motorized cars. But no, actually, it's really, it's we we could talk about it for a couple of a couple of minutes. So it's basically a school. It's it's about try surviving it, isn't it? And it's meant to be for schools to yes. use. Yes, I I guess like a first person thing where you can run around and tell students to hide along walls and lock doors. It's not preventative, is it? No. Yeah, it's reactionary. Yeah, it's reactionary. It's like and, it's, ba- it's basically saying we expect this to keep happening. So yeah. to here yeah. you go, here learn how to deal with it. Not it's not like, well. We know this is happening. We could do something to stop it, but we're not going to do because we're a bunch of idiots. Sorry, it's like painting Americans the, with the same one brush again. <laughs> it's like having the power to stop a war and instead going into a war zone and teaching people first aid. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, it's great that you're teaching people first aid. Excellent. Top job. Brilliant. But you could be doing something better. But, yeah. All you're doing is passing some responsibility on, actually. So, but yeah, no, I don't know. Also, like, I presume they're not going to model and render and program in every school in America. So how good is it going to be anyway to know how to... Plus, are they actually going to show a fail state? I presume it's if... Like if you don't prevent the thing, or or you don't do it, are they going to show kids? Fail state for a school shooting. Loads of kids dying. Yeah. Are they going to show well, that, that in the game? That happens already. Yeah. That happens already. So it does. No, but what I mean is, are they going to show? Is is that shown in the game? I, I presume if you know, gunman has a object hit a child. It's just game over. Probably. You know? This is this is just asking for it to leak, really, isn't it? And then for newspapers. Yeah. To go, oh my god! Here's a video game where you can shoot kids, or sorry, here's a video game where kids can be shot. Heard I presume it be something like, you know, the kid gets, and then it just the game freezes, and that old style of gaming. It could do that, I suppose. But well, you know, there's no kid falling down and dying. But yeah, it's it's certainly something that doesn't it doesn't need yeah. to exist. It shouldn't need to exist. But America is insistent. That kids dying isn't a fail state, isn't a failure. It's a common thing. So, what is the fail state for a school shooting when kids dying is expected? I I think I see what you're going going for here, which is oh, thank you. I thought I was getting mad. Which which is you're saying that guns get banned as a result of it? Oh uh, yeah. No. Uh, obviously, once again, it's a case of. The entire population of America doesn't think, oh God, you know, they're going to take away our guns. I'd rather have a few kids shot rather than that. 
because that's that's dark and grim. It's just people are so disconnected from the events that are happening that it just seems ludicrous. But yes, to a teacher, I should think a child being shot while you work there is pretty, pretty much a foul state. I should think. Yeah. Yes. I. I'm not. I. I yeah. I, that's not what I'm suggesting. I know what you're saying. Yes. That. Yeah. And yes, I'm guessing the game will simply be about trying to get people out, trying to yeah. identify the I... best route out, how to, oh my god, you hear a noise, this is the point, almost like a hazard perception test for driving in, in the UK. Yes, how could we... But surely it would be more effective and better to do, like, tests. Like... I'm I'm pretty sure it'd be cheaper to hire an actor and I don't know buy a plastic AK and then test at an actual school. I don't know. That's a bit more. That's a bit more terrifying. Because to do because to do that you'd want to not tell the kids to get a real reaction and that's, that's just true. that's just asking for trouble. And so they'd true, have to I... tell the kids or tell the parents, and then the parents would tell the kids, and then one day there'd be a massive shooting, and the the headline in the newspaper would be, "We thought it was a test." Yeah. It's like, a, like, like the whole cry wolf uh, thing. Yeah, I've had a few. Hey, there's a guy on campus with the gun things at school. Yeah. Let's all hide, and most of them were tests. I think there was once where there was a. But like, and I live in a country where there's no guns, so and we still do these tests. Oh, fair. Uh, okay, well, I, that's a bit I don't weird. Know. But I, there I you don't go. Think yeah. I don't think with what's been currently presented, there's a proper answer. But I do think that this yes. is a. I don't. I think this is a non-solution to a, to a problem. I, I think this is yes. completely approaching Let's it from the wrong the... angle. Yes, as we're almost halfway through, and it's pretty much <laughs> it pretty much all been about terrible U.S. policies <laughs> currently. So let's move on to. Oh, I've got something, Happy. Go on then. <laughs> Oh, if you mention PUBG, um, I'm kicking you from the podcast. <laughs> you can't, I'm an admin. <laughs> Damn it. So, Pink Darth Vader's a thing. Oh yeah, oh, they, mo- they they modded him in, didn't they? They put him in. Yeah, yeah but haven't they also put that weird um, Kylo Ren skit from Saturday yes, Night Live also, in as well? Yes, there's the radar technician Matt as well. But <laughs> Pink Darth Vader is in... Battlefront 2 because nobody wants a pink Darth Vader. It's not in the canon. This is a reaction to the developer talking about skins, isn't it? Uh, Yes. Yeah, because they they actually just straight up came out and went, no one wants a pink Darth Vader. Yeah? Which is not to mention, you probably don't want Darth Vader in pink. No offence to pink, but I don't think that's right in the canon. But I mean, who doesn't well, want to play as a it's, it's, it's not game? right in the canon, but then it's a game. What is the canon? I think at one point, wasn't there a white Darth Vader? I don't know. I, I think literally the canon is pretty much what happened in the film, so it'd just be him in him in black. There was a there was a pink Vader. Oh no, no, she was just another character in the Peter Serafinowicz show. Yes, uh, in which Darth Vader was extremely awkward and wouldn't talk to her. But but wanted to. Oh, sorry. Side so, so note: I used to, I used to love that program just because of the all the the um he used to rip the he run out of Apple quite a bit. And and the insurance guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Can't remember what the name was. Yeah, that was quite a funny show. I guess some of the sketches 
weren't, but whatever. I don't know. But yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that things are. Wait, this was modded in. Yes. Yeah. So PC um, only. I would like imagine. Like so many things. Yeah. Like so many things. So it's a bit of a. I don't even know what's happening in Battlefront 2 anymore, but really, she could play as Radar Technician Matt, Pink Darth Vader. There you go. Good times. Which unfortunately doesn't make up for all the bad things. No. Is that Pink Darth Vader mod the original Battlefront 2? Well, I think people have played. I think, you know, I've I've seen a lot of people saying I played for 39 hours or I played for 35 or 40 hours and I've got everything that I want from the game and I didn't spend a penny. So, it, it's just a shame that it took... It's just a you shame that it do went that. down the way it did and what happened happened and... I'm sure there's people who spent hundreds of dollars on it, though. Even yes. though there is a game that is completely possible to do it completely for free, there are still going to be people who don't have the willpower or just... yeah. Or have all the time. Not even the spare cash, but just feel like it one day to put some money down, and as soon as you spend a bit of money, you're just going to be paying out the arse for this game. Yeah, you've broken the seal. The second you've opened your wallet once, it's you're more likely to do it the second time and the third yeah, time. Yeah, and then I mean, you end up with spending thousands of dollars. Did yeah. we talk about that guy who like, has no money after Final Fantasy? I don't think we did. We were talking about Field 14, I'm guessing. I have no idea what it is, but I'm, I presume we're talking about the same thing. But that guy who like spent 10 grand on the Final Fantasy mobile game. Oh, the mobile game. Yeah. They're... Yeah, there was like... It was, I don't know what it was, but it was like a dungeon crawler thing. Just to get, you know, a character from Final Fantasy 4 that they wanted. The problem is... They they put these things in and they set their odds and yeah if people want something then they'll they'll do it and if people want something even if they don't have the money they'll find a way and yeah. these things are designed to exploit that but they didn't start like that obviously they you know they were kind of shortcut packs yeah, or they or, were just or extra content expansions yeah yeah but no ugh, I don't know hopefully this will be a year where how we define that results in us looking it's, back and laughing yes. about 2017. Yes, that poor, poor man who's... No, whereas I, I think the Battlefront 2 situation will change the PC and possibly console side of things. I don't think it's going to touch the mobile market. The mobile market's no. just going to be as crap and exploitative yeah. as it's always been. Well, it's, hard to, it's really hard to regulate the mobile market because the only gatekeepers are... Uh... Are the platform holders. And they make money off it, so they don't care. Very much so. It's going to pop at some point, though. When they find something more cunning. <laughs> Why not pay in blood? Someday. I see that you, loyal user, game. are O positive. So why not consider donating blood <laughs> in order to get a... Two times bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a game at one point where, like, Donated blood or something. Uh, I think they they gamified donating blood, and I think and somebody might... donated too much blood and got sick and ill. Oh dear. If if not, then that's definitely a story that will happen in games in, uh, in the next year. Yeah, I, I I found I think there may have been another one, but I found an article a controller that when you die it takes blood. I'm, I remember 
uh, reading about a controller that they made. It was specifically for Mortal Kombat that had uh, a series of needles in it that when you got hit and things would prick your hands. Oh, that's evil. <laughs> but, like, that I mean, is... they they weren't, like, really deep needles. They were more like, like tattoo needles. So they weren't, like, going, bore, like, right into your hand. It was more like a tiny little, doop, like, a, like a little prick. But still, it's, yes, a bit, but... <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Who is that masochistic? Oh, I don't know. I saw a video where they was where a couple of dudes were paying um, crocodile dentist and they'd replace the top layer of teeth with razor blades. <laughs> so that they oh. got. So if they got if the if the if they pulled the wrong tooth and it closed, yeah, they got cut up. <laughs> Mate, oh, YouTube was a mistake. <laughs> Purge it with fire. Oh. Ooh, we can talk about YouTube as well. No, we're not talking about Logan Paul because we're not no. giving him any more bloody. Oh, I was gonna talk. I was gonna talk about the other thing. <laughs> what other thing? The. The kid thing. Oh, there's too many things these days. The kid thing? I don't thing? know what that is. The weird kid videos on there. I'm not sure I want to know what you're talking about, if I'm honest. You probably don't. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the actual point of this podcast now that we're 20 minutes in. <laughs> and uh, talk about what we're looking forward to, what games we're looking forward to in the upcoming year. Dan, you can start us off because you've got a massive list, I think. Yeah, I have. This is a really bad idea. I can easily do... Like, I started listing down things that I knew were coming out this year, and then I just thinned it down to some of the ones that I'm looking forward to, and I think there's a list of about 30 games here. So, I mean... Pick three. What? (laughs) Most of this... Most of this podcast is not going to be used, so might as well just have half an hour of Dan talking about video games. The whole podcast is going to be... It's better than what we've done so far. (laughs) So, Off Grid is launching this year. Has anyone heard about Off Grid? No, tell us. Nope. Off Grid is a third-person game where you play as a parent whose child has been kidnapped by the government. And basically, all of these big conspiracies about kind of the internet and stuff like WikiLeaks and stuff like that, it's all, it's all true. And there's these oh. government black sites, and you've got to go around. You're this clueless parent in the demo I played. You were a dad. And you've got to hack into things, which is done through these gadgets on your phone, uh, and reprogram things, a bit like Gunpoint, uh, so that doors open and distractions happen and you can sneak past all of these guards, because obviously you're just this wimpy dad in a suit. And it was just really intuitive. And the most interesting thing about it, though, is that it's going to launch, pretty much launch, with workshop support for entire level designs. So the game kind of combines the kind of... uh, stealth and hacking of gunpoint with the what do they call it action espionage or stealth espionage of metal gear solid it very much at times felt like metal gear solid sneaking around and crawling behind counters to stay out of line of sight so that's really promising that should be launching soon uh the next one i've got on my list is biomutant which is being published by thq nordic and that's the one where you're the little cool koala rabbit koala thing i don't know if either of you remember seeing it it got yes, announced around it gamescom looks, it looks very good it looked like that right. the little dude from guardians of the galaxy yes and you you take on the dna of the things that you beat oh uh, uh kind of not just earning new abilities and stuff which is kind of done in previous games but actually changing form to match not in a not in a big way not like you were going to in the original cameo pitch 
but more like just slightly changing your appearance. Anyway, that looks really good, and there's a fair... So there's some sort of very quickly replicating bacteria? Uh, I I think it's just deep post-apocalyptic future, and you're like a humanoid version of of this creature and kind of you beat a giant scaly monster and you might become slightly scaly, which means you can go through the hotter area or you beat this giant creature with a razor towel and you, you get a towel that all of a sudden can be used to glide or do these extra attacks. And it, it just looks quite interesting. Mm. I hope it, it becomes a good, series. Yeah. Uh, it, visually, it looks stunning as well. I'm really impressed with the, the visual, for the, uh, visual fidelity of yeah, what was shown but... Come on, come on, Dan. We've been around for long enough to know that ball shots are a thing. And we also know that something that looks absolutely minty, minty, minty will probably look rubbish in four or five years. Yes. Watchdogs. So, <coughs> so it will need to have enough to back it up in order to get it to yeah. to go. So but next, graphics isn't everything. Graphics isn't everything, and the more True. a game touts great graphics, the more likely it is to be forgotten yes. because it'll only be the graphics it's held up. Yeah. For. A yes. great example for this is the bouncer and uh, which... Cuphead. Uh, oh, controversial! A bit. I, I think Cup, Cuphead is completely style over substance. It's nothing you think new it's there at be all. Forgotten? There's nothing new there at all. Okay. Yeah. And well, it's too hard. Thing, <laughs> Well, well, let's talk about it in a year's time. Let's try and remember to say who remembers Cuphead. <laughs> yes. Because it's taken home a couple of Game of the Year awards, but I do agree the visual style is, is what drew a lot of people in. And then it was other people screaming and shouting about the difficulty that made loads of people go, well, I don't care, I can do difficult games. And gave oh, it set myself a reminder. Cool reputation. Yeah, set a reminder. 12 months' time. Uh, on the subject of visually impressive looking games, Cube 2 is launching, I believe, over the next couple of months. Unlike the first Cube, in this one you can set the colours of the interactive blocks that you're looking at, rather than just activating them. So that adds a new mechanic to the game. It's also using the new Unreal Engine, and it has that brilliant shine and motion blur effect of the Unreal Engine, and it just looks lovely. I mean... It, it's not as sterile looking as the first cube, which definitely looked like a portal clone. Uh, it's yeah, it, a, it, it a looks like more... it's taking that same thing. Like Obviously, the first portal was pretty much very sterile environments, a couple of little backstage areas, whereas the second one was, it's all manky, everything, and yeah. it's a lot more organic. This one seems to be going the same way. But exactly. my, my question is, did they actually code anything this time? <laughs> I believe in the same way as last time they didn't do any I, I think the I think you've got to be careful with how you how you define things because there's such blurry lines but I think they did indeed use prefab tools and the blueprint system in order to lay out the game I think they are a group of designers who have learned how to use the tools yeah no, so, the, to honest, when I when I heard that that they didn't literally touch a single line of code and they pretty much used blueprints for the whole thing I was bloody impressed it's inspiring. It, yeah, it's it something is. that needs to be spoken about more. It makes, it makes me think I could actually do something because I can't code for toffee. It's good. It is. It's good. It's important. And Can you cube... code for nuts, though? <laughs> Not a big fan of nuts. Oh. But, uh... If a nut were to request, could you code for it, though? No. <laughs> oh. But it, it looks really good. And the story... Uh, Although the voice acting in the first one was brilliant, in the second one it's just so much better. 
and there's this weird psychological thing going on as well. Very cool, very cool. Uh, my my next game on the list was Bound to Light. Uh, I wrote about this briefly on the site after playing it in Sweden. It's a game where you play a little character. It's very reminiscent of Abe's Odyssey, actually, and you bring these bring these other uh, husks to life, and basically, unlike Abe's Odyssey, where you're kind of you're trying to save them. In this, you're you're sacrificing them, but you can command them to come closer. You can swap place with them. It's got that strange post-apocalyptic industrial uh, mind control element to it that the Abe series had. Although this is definitely more mythological. Uh, there are these giant hell beasts that run faster than the character runs, and so you're always sneaking around and trying to basically doom these husks so that you can get through the level and that's very cool there's a there's a demo uh on steam actually already which is the demo that i played and they update it every so often but uh that's a that's a promising looking one i'm going to quickly go over the next couple of these because this is a long old list so i'm going to speed up a little bit on these so fogs p-h-o-g-s is a game that i played at egx it's a game where there are two different heads on a dog double-headed dog like dog dog a bit like cat dog uh, and a player controls each head and you have to make your way around a level and eat things and when you eat stuff it travels along between the two heads and you solve puzzles by consuming things and wrapping around things and climbing over things and it's really bright and colorful like classic 3d platformers and it's just really smart and i really like the look of it uh oh, that sounds cool Bad North is going to be excellent. I've wrote about that as well. That looks brilliant. It's just been picked up by Raw Fury as well. And that's a, a isometric game with procedurally generated maps and little units that you control the you control the squads a bit like in Total War, I suppose. But each individual within runs on their own logic. So if you move the unit near an enemy unit, you may see that two of them kind of run forward, kite a whole bunch of them back up but then charge in and they're all it's it's a it's a true squad of individuals and some of them waver and some get stronger and and it's just really cool but it's it's bite sized there's probably about kind of 20 or 30 tiles that units can move onto on the on the little maps on on kind of the small or medium maps uh and that's all there is and it's kind of four units or sorry four squads versus several landing waves of enemies and that's just really nice and balanced and compact, I guess. It looks really good. Wargroove. I don't know if anyone's seen this. Oh, you've stolen that. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, is that on your list? <laughs> yeah, it is. But, uh, it's Advance Wars. But medieval. But, but fantasy, and with hero characters that each have their own abilities. And I think the thing that I love most about it is the fact that it's I guess advance wars when when you move two units to fight each other a bit like fire emblem or obviously advance wars that that you see the screen split in two and the units run up and launch the attack on the other lot and it's just really really cool and fun yeah see the thing the thing that got me about that was when i first saw it i assumed it was by the same people because it is so unashamedly exactly the same style there's, you know, you cannot, uh, apart from it being, you know, medieval as opposed to modern day, it is exactly the same. The style, play- the graphics, the everything is just 
100% the same. And I was kind of like, how can I get away with that? <laughs> they've, changed the nice... t- they've changed the time period, but nothing else, really. <laughs> What's really nice about it is that it feels like a small game that was pitched. And someone said, you know what, this is brilliant. I want you to make more of this and I want you to do more of this. Because it really felt like it was made for quick multiplayer matches. And then they went, oh, we could have more factions. And then someone said, oh, you should do a tutorial. And they, then someone said, this tutorial's amazing. You should make a campaign. And then they said, you should make a campaign. For... And it, it just feels like one of those brilliant ideas that's just been kept under control, I suppose, but also kind of expanded within the bounds that it can safely do. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to Wargroove. I like what it does. And I hope, although it's a bit late now because we've had things like Tiny Metal come out, but... I do hope that it spurs this big surge in 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 games like Advance Wars. Yeah, uh, certainly. Got uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, which is the game where you go round America in the Depression collecting stories by taking part in these little events, and then you take these stories to other locations and you retell the stories and you develop them. And it's really interesting because it's about how stories change over time and the truth is cut out, and lies are put in, and tweaks are made, and characters are changed to build a completely different story in the end that tells the same moral, but with almost a completely different structure and setup. And the whole point is that you've lost your, you've kind of lost your soul to to the devil, as it were, uh, and you've got to tell him uh, an amazing story in order to 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 win back your soul. And it, it's just it's just brilliant. It's. Uh, it's just completely full of amazing writing from a whole bunch of different well-established writers in the industry and fantastic music and it's just really, really good game that kind of transcends normal boundaries. So that should be pretty cool. Uh, to Manel is out this year. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be out in 2017, but it's not, but that's cool because Toe is brilliant, so another one of them is going to be outstanding. Yeah, I can't wait to play that with you as well, Dan. Yep. As, as, I, as I only played the original for the first time pretty much this year, and that was with you. So <laughs> we we should play we should play some more of that, and we should play some uh, Toe Gemini Two as well. Uh, but obviously, one is the best practice for for the new this one. one. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Rise of Industry is coming out. I previously wrote about that when it was going by the name of Project Automata. Uh, it's really cool. It's industry management, and you make you make the entire uh, production chain of goods. So you make a whole bunch of raw materials by this town where they really like those raw materials, but then you can ship some extra ones out to another place uh, and refine it, and then refine it at the next place. And it's what's really nice about it is it, it's just got a nice. I keep saying nice, but it's got a really kind of pure and simple UI and display system and you can set the complexity of your trade routes as and how you wish so you can go right actually these guys they want hamburgers and t-shirts as well so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go over to that town where they're already basically making hamburgers i'm going to buy out that factory and bring that on board as well and the demo as it stood which i think is still out there was exceptional uh i haven't played the alpha build yet but they are looking to get multiplayer in it as well. And I can't imagine how good that's going to be because it, it just felt like a really good, concise, nearly finished game when I played the prototype. So I can't imagine how 
how much that's improved. It must have must have done so a lot. A few other games that are coming out this year. Oh, this is a massive list. That's a bit fine, off more then. than I can. A bit off more than I can chew. It's it's the Dan podcast. Uh, Warhammer Vermintide Two is going to come out. That's going to be brilliant because the first one was excellent. That's really bad logic because sequels aren't always better than the first. But I'm pretty confident that it was a, the first one was kind of a gamble. Uh, and now that they've learnt and added lots of DLC and tweaked the game and added in lots of legacy stuff to the first one, they're really going to get off to a strong start with the second. But we do have to see more information on that before we make up our minds. Uh, Unforeseen Incidents is a point-and-click adventure game uh, set in a... It's not a wasteland, it's kind of almost an outback. Uh, a kind of quirky outback town uh, and just looks really interesting amazing artwork absolutely amazing artwork the game keeps going quiet but pretty sure that it's out this year uh, shape of the world is a game where you can interact with random points around the world and it expands and grows around you and it's very much one of those feel-good relaxing toddle around at your own pace games but there's a kind of music and a beat to it so if you start activating all of these things you can bounce through the air and you can kind of open up new areas at a rapid pace or you can just slow down and be like what are these strange jellyfish things and that was really quite enjoyable i played some of that at egx in the left field collection kingdom come deliverance uh which kickstarted i think two or three years ago now was a game that prided itself on making a realistic open world i say fantasy but it wasn't fantasy because it's set in kind of the kingdom of poland uh, game. So I, I think the original pitch really uh, would have been something like imagine if Skyrim was actually set in the real world. But what they also wanted to do is they wanted to have it so that armor did the armor thing rather than what it does in games, which is just gives you a bit more health. They wanted it so that if someone was wearing a lot of armor, you actively needed to either you know jab them in their soft bits or literally bash them until they were so bruised that they knelt over and then you just poked them in the eye. So, you know, that that looks really promising. Uh, it's, I think, what's most interesting from the impressions that have been coming out from late last year is that there's a lot of depth to the game, even though it's in a realistic setting. They haven't had to be like, I'll go and kill ten rats. You know, they've got, like, pickpockets and, and kind of thief networks and loads of stuff like that. So, once again, that seems promising. And it looks beautiful as well. Uh, when it was first announced, it was well ahead of modern technology. But as we were saying earlier, give something two or three years and all of a sudden it doesn't look that impressive. I think this game was announced before Crisis 3, for instance. So a good few years ago. So it doesn't look that great now, but it's still extremely impressive and content-wise looks exceptional. Abandoned Ship, uh, which some of you may know about. That was... That's FTL, but in one of those, you know, you know those wax paintings that are like Age of Sal style yep. paintings. Yeah, yeah. It's in a world that's like that, but it's it's also a world that's been ripped apart by a cult, a kind of Cthulhu or Lovecraftian style style cult who are trying to bring about the end of the world. So you're sailing from from town to town. When you get into combat against other pirates or against these cults or against giant krakens or whatever. Uh, you've got to move your 
your soldiers and units about the ship to have them man the guns and stuff. You've got to watch out for giant waves because they can knock your crew members off of the ship. And it's very, very exciting. I don't know quite how they're going to manage to balance it. I don't know quite how you know tough it's going to be, but hopefully we'll find out find out more over the next coming months because I think it's launching in quarter one of this year. Uh, Frostpunk is a game that I played while I was at Gamescom, and it's absolutely exceptional. You build a city base uh, in after this big kind of ice age has come, and so what you've got to do is you've got to keep your because it's set in kind of the industrial industrial age. You've got to keep your your workers working. You don't have to keep them happy. You can if you want, and you've got the options because it's very much about a society rather than survival but then it's obviously about survival because it's about staying alive so you get choices to put the kids to work in the mines for instance uh or you can say oh yeah lots of people are getting injured well what we should do is we should cut off the cut off the the broken limbs so that they can work for longer or do we build a sick house and it's just stuff like that do we do we bury the bodies or do we burn the bodies you know do we consider eating these bodies that are now laying here because that is a source of food or do we and it kind of asks questions like that of you but it's but the the central premise of it is you're in this big uh, pit almost that's been that's been kind of melted back in this ice age because you've got this one big column that's burning coal and so you have to keep grabbing coal and grabbing wooden pallets to build things with and and building this building this city, this this circular city around where it's generating heat while trying to build enough technology that you can make and keep the place stable and keep the population growing and eventually get out into the, the wilderness and the frozen wilds and start, you know, finding other survivors who can who can join your faction. So, you know, Frostpunk looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to speed up. I'm going to have to speed up now. Uh, Bannermen, which we previewed last year, is a Age of Empires style game, but just with one faction. The difference is that you can you can man these uh, temples, which then allow you to control the weather. So that's pretty cool. Uh, interestingly, as well, each unit in the game runs on the game's physics engine. They don't die in animations. So if you launch a catapult at someone, all of the people will just fly off as random objects rather than death animation. So that looks pretty cool. Uh, Griftlands from Clay uh, just looks extremely cool, but we don't know much about it other than it's a western in space, but that's normally enough to sell me on a game. Into the Breach is a turn-based, grid-based game from the FTL. FDL de developers, that's doing incredibly well at the minute. I think that's up for the IGF award. Uh, Nino Kuni 2 is going to come out. Yoko Islands Express is the the pinball RPG that's coming out. That looks very cool. Uh, it's on my list again. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've doubled up here, uh, and yeah, I'll tr I'll trim it down. I'll, I'll trim some off here. So Fort Triumph is going to be brilliant. Uh, that's a that's a turn-based RPG where you can attack elements of the environment and then they you know knock over a tree for instance and it can take out a whole bunch of enemies. Double Kick Heroes is a rhythm game like Guitar Hero, but you're a band in a 
Cadillac that's been converted into having cannons and guns on it. And as you hit the rhythm beats, of which you can make your own songs on it and custom put in real songs, uh, as you do that, you're killing a whole bunch of zombies and bosses that are charging at the car. So that's very cool. Party Hard 2 is obviously coming out. Dead Pixels 2 finally is coming out. I love the first Dead Pixels. Uh, Lamplight City from one of the guys that's worked with Wadget Eye Games. I can never remember what the other game he worked on was, but this looks excellent. Uh, Phantom Doctrine I recently wrote about, which is a little bit like XCOM, but much more like Cold War. And it's a little bit like the Manchurian Candidate in that you can literally mind control people and you can put like switches in, in people who you've captured minds so that they'll just be casually working away at their job for the other faction. And then you press the button and that's it. Boom, they're on your side and you've mind controlled them. And so that's super cool. Uh, Hell Hunter. Toby, do you know anything about Hell Hunter? No. We should send you halfway across your country just to find out more. I think they're based in That's the... a very long way. That is a very long way. I think they're based up in Sydney. But this is a game that's... Oh, that's not too far. That's only ten hours. Oh, there you go then. Ten hours. That's nothing. <laughs> uh, Hell Hunters is... It's a little bit ooh, Ghostbusters, ooh. and it's a little bit Tactics, and it's a lot lovely. It's this kind of moody game where... I suppose a better uh, comparison probably would have been The Witcher. But you, you take that a whole bunch of equipment cool. uh, from your van and you go in and you find clues around this haunted house. And there's a monster, obviously, lurking around in there, a ghost type. And as you find these clues, you get hints as to what type of ghost and monster it is. Uh, and once you've found out, you kind of tool yourself up because, for instance, poltergeists need to be defeated in a certain way. And these giant shadow monsters need to be defeated in a certain way. And so there's that element of it. But it's it actually looks terrifying because when you don't know what the creature is, it's constantly trying to mess with you. So the shadow monster that I mentioned, literally you can be looking around in a room and looking at these broken chairs trying to find out what it is. And all of a sudden this, what looks like a massive spider on the wall just scuttles towards you. And, oh, it looks brilliant. It's very very good on the psychological horror. I think that's going to be a big deal, and if not, then I think it should have been. Uh, Darksiders 3 is going to come out. Jenny LeClue Detective Who is finally coming out. Mountain Blade 2, Bannerlord. That's going to be exceptional. I love Mountain Blade. Can't wait for that. Uh, Ashen looks absolutely fantastic. That was at E3. Uh, the Church in the Darkness is a game where you sneak into a cult, uh, but one of the American-style cults, like uh, like Waco and and the other things, and you sneak in and try and rescue people from the cult before the cult leaders do horrible things. Uh, the 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 cult leaders are interestingly voiced by the people who voiced. I think it was the heavy. No, the sniper and Glados in uh, in Valve games. Who are a couple in real life and it's really lovely watching them be like hey we're going to be in this game and the game's like really quite modern dark uh surviving mars is coming out as well and a whole bunch of other stuff but i need to i need to wind down so other people can talk about <laughs> their games yeah dan just just quickly uh, you, you mentioned their ashen yes this is a game that obviously you're you're saying it's coming out but this is a game that i know of coming out on the engage is well, there the was uh, there was a game called Ashen on the Engage. I don't know if it's the same thing. The, the one on the Engage was a 
supernatural horror themed FPS? No, this this action is it's probably best classified as an action RPG, but it's super, super it's meant to be super tough, but it's kind of moody as well. But it's all about relationships. So from what's been shown so far, it's a little bit like Dragon's Dogma in finding in you know in the in the pawns accompanying you along the way, but right. it's also without. It's also moody like Dark Souls, and it looks like it's unforgiving like that as well. But but with an but with a more of an adventure way to it. So uh, maybe a better example would be kind of like uh, Legend of Zelda or Shadow of the Colossus. It's it's worth looking into. It I I don't like games with extremely grim worlds, and it does look very kind of black and brown and tan and you know scraggly spider and giant monster but there's there's something about it that looks quite looks quite interesting excellent cool i thought look for that yeah yeah i must admit i don't look that far ahead (laughs) when it comes to games i like just coming across them when they appear randomly but yeah like you say yoku's island express i'm looking forward to because i like pinball done in weird kind of ways um one I'm surprised you didn't mention was Shakedown Hawaii. You know, it's not even on my list. That's the one from the guy who did uh, Retro, Retro City, City Rampage. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the SNES version as the Retro City Rampage was the mm. NES version. Developed much quicker than the original one as well, wasn't it? Yes. Definitely. The first one was nearly a decade, I think he was working on that. It was originally a Grand Theft Auto 3 uh uh, whatever you D- call it, D-Make, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I, th- I still think the best thing about that is the fact that he actually did manage to crunch it down and release an actual NES version of it. Yes, yeah. Which, which, was, which was incredible. Yeah. But yeah, so there's that. Yoko Horizon Express, as you mentioned. Um, the Yoshi game out on Switch. Uh, another game that I'm looking forward to double dipping on is Dragon's Quest Builders is coming to the Switch. I know mm-hmm. that came out a couple of years ago now on PS4. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a very good game. It's basically a Minecraft style game with quests set in the Dragon Quest universe. What's not to like? Um but yeah, apart from that, I'm not even really sure what is coming out. Apart from the other couple of games that you mentioned, like Wargroove and Cube Two. But yeah, I I don't look that far ahead. <laughs> I, I I see stuff and it kind of sticks with me, I guess. Yeah. Well um, I mean you've had the the sort of the, the luck of going to the events and stuff and seeing stuff that is you know, coming in the pipeline. That's that's fair. That's also Whereas... not fair, but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I, I just look at my Steam list and go, well, I've got so many games I haven't actually ever played. So I don't, I don't tend to look forward. I tend to look back a bit more and go, well, I should just play that game that I've had sitting there for four years. <laughs> but, that's fair. but yeah, no doubt there will be lots of games that I look forward to. I mean, I'm looking forward to whatever crazy stuff's going to end up on the Switch this year. Loads. Yeah. I think I think this year is going to be the year that Paradox are going to release games on console, uh, their own games, oh, and I no. think they'll release them on mobile as well. I think we're going to see like That's... Crusader Kings on iOS. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, Civilization Six came out on it, and I know Crusader Kings yeah. Two isn't that optimized now. It's extremely heavy because of what they've done with it, but. I, I do think they're in the process of, of getting those games over to mobile platforms. Toby, tell us about the games that you're looking forward to. Ah, uh, 
Yes, start with the letter A. Toby's looking forward to PUBG actually becoming a real game. PUBG XL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavens. PUBG 2. <laughs> the musical. Um, <laughs> I, I would pay good money for that. I'm surprised uh, nobody's written it. Yeah. Uh, more games coming out on Switch. Um, Far Cry 5 looks kind of interesting. I don't really look forward to that many games. I'm just kind of... Oh, that thing I've been looking forward for years is finally out. I'll go... Look at that. I'm... Yeah. I, I forgot about Knuckle Sandwich and Industries of Titan as well. Yes, those are ones which I know. You should know Knuckle Sandwich. That's local to you, that one. That's the Earthbound-ish game. Which looks very, very cool. Another Earthbound-ish game. What Even do you mean by local? Uh, it's in Melbourne. That's still like three hours away. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> it is three hours away. We looked this up earlier. I was like, maybe something. Maybe the reason it's not online is because something's happening in Melbourne. And I looked it up, and it was like, oh, it's only 150 kilometers away from that. Oh, that's only the distance from Bristol to London. Oh, that's yep. a long way. <laughs> Australia's very big. Yes. So they say. Industries of Titan looks lovely. If if you lot love uh, pixel art or voxel art, then that's that's worth looking up. There's an artist that I was I've been kind of following on Twitter for probably a couple of years now and uh he was doing amazing fantasy art using this voxel program that he magic of voxel i think it's called uh and off of the back of that he's landed he's landed a job with some very cool people i think it's brace yourself games and and he's doing amazing things for them and their game looks brilliant and yeah but the oh, other thing is, as, as we've oh. already discussed though dan is graphics don't make the game uh, 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 uh. Speaking of PUBG, yes, very true. Well, it's a and that brings us though. to the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just try and kick me. Industries of Titan is a city builder, and it's a city builder, but the art is by a guy who does amazing art. So, and retro, I suppose, in many ways, it's retro art because it's voxely and pixely. So it has that slightly blocky aesthetic. It's not pushing for hyper-realism. So, in the same so, way... So, that... 3D, but pixely. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a link afterwards. But in the same way that... 3D pixel. In the same way that 8-Bit Armies is a really good RTS, not just because it's made by ex-Westwood uh, people uh, at Petroglyph, but because the art style doesn't age because it's 8-Bit. Uh, Very true. Industries of Titan looks like it's gonna it's gonna sing. Looks like Excellent. it's missing. Excellent. But anyway, I think that does actually bring us to the end of the podcast. So thank you for Dan and Toby for joining me once again. And we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Sorry Bye. for talking for half an hour. Bye. <laughs>